This is SoilSense Field Check, where we explore some of the more practical aspects of building healthier soils. I'm Tim Hamrich, and over the past five seasons of the SoilSense podcast, we've learned that building healthier soils takes curiosity, creativity, and collaboration between farmers, researchers, consultants, and extension. These stories have both inspired and informed a lot of people, but the question still remains, how do I make this work on my farm? That's why we like to produce these field check segments to explore some of the more practical aspects to soil health. Agronomy, logistics, equipment, best practices, safety, and other important considerations. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Field Check. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Field Check. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich. Today, we explore the question of how to improve soil health in fields that are just too wet. From drainage tile to cover crops, Dr. Lee Breeze visits some of the strategies and tactics he uses with farmers he works with. Lee's a crop consultant covering Stutzman in Barnes Counties in North Dakota for Central Ag Consulting. He's been scouting fields and providing recommendations for farmers in North Dakota for over 20 years. He says there hasn't really been a year he would classify as normal in quite a while, and that this year has been especially challenging. Coming off the draw, we had really significant challenges managing weeds in particular. The herbicides do not work well. The, the plants don't take them in very well. We just had a lot of challenges with that. So we knew we were going to have weed issues coming into this year. So we had prepared for that. Now we put onto this, this excess of rain this spring. We have not had the opportunity to get to the field. It's just been too wet to even do those management plans we had in, in effect. So we're kind of in putting out fires mode right now. We're getting as much seed in the ground as we can because we're a full month late on our planting. And we're going to deal with the weeds as soon as we get the seed in the ground. But we went from, okay, this field's going to be corn, this field's going to be wheat, this field's going to be soybeans, to what field is dry enough to plant today. So a lot of those plants just went out the window. And so we're at the point now, once we get them planted, then we then we figure out how we can deal with those weeds. So this is an uh, unusual year, but I, I wish I could say we've had a usual year. So 21 was a drought, 20 was super wet, 19 was uh, another problem. We've had four or five in a row that have been really kind of yo-yoing from one end to the other of the spectrum and so we haven't had any kind of medium for quite a while and especially in years like this there are fields or areas of fields that are just always wet and present their own set of problems like trafficability issues weed pressure and salinity lee and his growers have to rely on their own creativity and the tools in their toolbox to address these types of growing conditions so i have some fields that are always wet and there's just low areas, wet challenging areas, and it's very difficult to get from one end to the other. We're, we're limited on our drainage options. We really can't do tile drainage because of some of the wildlife classifications and the wetlands classifications of the soils. So we're, we're limited on that. And then we also have some salinity that's mixed in with this because of that excess moisture. Yeah, and really what we're trying to do here now is, is use moisture out of sync of our cash crops. And so that's when the fall or early spring, we're trying to burn that extra moisture. And instead of using tillage, because the tillage uses moisture through evaporation, but that evaporation increases salinity, makes the salts worse. And we already have salt problems. So we're trying to actually, instead of 
get the water to leave from the very surface of the soil. We're using plants where the roots go to six, eight, 12, 14 inches deep to move the water from below instead of evaporating off the surface. And that leaves the salts distributed throughout that soil profile because we're pulling the water out at that level. So you got a guy that's been doing this for quite a few years. He's planting cereal rye in the fall. Yeah, and he's not necessarily even doing it after a summer crop. Like it's easier to plant cereal rye after spring wheat or dry bean or something that's harvested early. Uh, what he's doing is he's planting it wherever he can, and it's not even whole fields. We're doing these areas that are problem areas, that are high saline areas. They're continuously wet. They're always muddy. They're always a challenge to plant into. So you just kind of pick a year where you can't really get into them, and you didn't plant corn or soybeans in that area, and he comes back mid-season maybe late July, even August, and plant cereal rye into those spots after we've done something to manage the weeds. Then next year, it's there. So if it was, say it was soybeans the first year, it's going to be corn the next year. And we try to make sure that the rye isn't too close to corn planting, but we're gauging it. And so this year, that rye is still growing because we've been wet. We've had too much moisture. So we're leaving that cereal rye out there to use moisture, to give us some trafficability, to just help manage that field. And those areas are probably not going to get planted to corn. So the whole field will get planted to corn, but these areas where the cereal rye is may get planted to soybeans late in the season and we'll switch to that. And if not, then he can hay those areas or he can just leave that cover crop or maybe even harvest that rye as part of a cover crop. So we really took one field and turned it into two, basically. But it helps us traffic across those low spots because they divide the field in two small pieces and it's really hard to make a a full pass on that to get from one end to the other. So it really complicates managing that field. So we're using that rye as kind of a bridge to get across, to move through that field. Doesn't always work, but it, it seems to. And then because that CRI is aggressive, it is growing actively, it tolerates salts because it's fairly large and it also suppresses weeds really well. So we have less weed issues in those same spots that we would have had a lot before. Lee mentioned they're using crops like cereal rye to address those saline spots. And we also talked about that in episode five of this season of Field Check a couple weeks ago with Jason Hansen as well. But what about tile drainage? It seems like that would be a very useful tool in these wet fields to manage these problems, especially the salts. It helps manage the excess water. So by getting rid of the excess water, it does make a big difference. But you still need rainfall to move these salts out. So basically what we're thinking here is we're rinsing. You're trying to rinse the soap out of your clothes or your eyes or whatever, right? So, yeah, if you had a great drain and you're getting rid of it, cool, but you still need fresh water to rinse with. So we need to have enough moisture to make the soil saturated, pick up some of this calcium, put it down into the tile, and then leave the field with it. So, yeah, it helps. It's a slow process, and it may not be economically viable for the cost of what tile drainage costs in order to do that. Now, what guys will argue with is that, well, the rest of the field is better now because I can plant it on time and the whole thing. But those saline spots get a little bit better, but they're they're probably not equal yield or paying for the tile, but the rest of the field is. To tile just that spot wouldn't make any sense, but you're, you're tiling the whole field and the whole field does better now because you can plant earlier and get better yield. So they're, they're still paying for the, the guy who's not paying his own way. The poor acre is not paying its own way, so the rest of it, the field is picking up the slack. So in some of these situations, tile drainage is either not an option or at least not one that makes a lot of sense. One potential tool that could be utilized there is to consider new and different crops. But 
Lee says there are a lot of factors to consider there before going down that road. We toyed with the idea of some short-term perennials, like some clovers or something like that. Winter hardiness is really the challenge in North Dakota. We're far enough north that several crops just really struggle to make it through the, the winter season. Uh, even even winter wheat can really be a challenge, and that's pretty winter hardy. So things like winter barley won't make it. We've played with camelina. It can make it, but it needs to have a really good start. And zero market for that unless you're selling it for cover crop seed. So challenges there. And then herbicide challenges with winter camelina because it's not very tolerant to a lot of things. So there's so many influencing factors that when you're trying to put together this plan, this is why you have to look at the field. What are you trying to do? What can you work into your system? What is not going to work? And, and to try to head it off in the pass. And whenever I talk to Leah, if there's one message that seems to shine through all the time, it's this one. You really need to start by assessing the needs of each individual field first, then have the necessary tools on hand to apply whatever that individual field needs. It's not about I'm going to go no-till or I'm going to plant cover crops or I'm going to do this particular practice. It's about looking at your field, assessing each individual field with what are the challenges or problems that you're facing, and then designing a system that addresses those challenges. We talk about how great no-till is, and we talk about how great cover crops are. They're tools in the toolbox, and we need to make sure we use them at the right time for the right thing. Uh, it's just like, you know, I like to have a fork, but it's not the right thing to dig a hole with. So you just make sure you got the right tool for what you're doing. And that's the hard part, honestly, is like really defining what your challenge is. Okay, the field's too wet. Okay, what time of the year is it too wet? Why is it too wet? Is it a soil issue? Is it a drainage issue? Is it a, is there something that you can't control issue? Like, so try to figure those out. And then you try to look at it and go, okay, what's the smartest economic thing I can do? And then build it up from there. And then you, you learn because you make mistakes, but you try to keep the mistakes small and inexpensive and you move from there. Big thank you once again to Dr. Lee Breeze of Central Ag Consulting for being on the show today. I think a lot of what Lee described here applies broadly to anyone interested in building healthier soils while running a real farm business. If you have a question for experts like Lee about soil health, please leave us a voicemail. It can be about anything soil health related. Just go to www.ndfieldcheck.com and click the Start Recording button there on the page. We'd love to hear from you and potentially feature your question and the answer on a future Field Check segment. This program is made possible thanks to the support of the North Dakota Corn Council, the North Dakota Wheat Commission, the North Dakota Soybean Council, the North Dakota Barley Council, and Anheuser-Busch. For more stories like this, visit ndfieldcheck.com and subscribe to Soil Sense wherever you get your podcasts.